cliffcentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and cliffcentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. A few days ago or a week or so ago, I joined a group on Facebook known as Legal Talk. I wanted to see what it was all about. Being a lawyer, I, I try and follow whatever's doing well out there. And I found on Legal Talk hundreds of South Africans posting legal questions, one after the other. And uh, the stream of questions flow thick and fast on the site and by the time you've read the one legal question, two more appear. So you, you know, like it's really, it's, it's, it's crazy on the site. Everyone is seeking legal advice and tons and tons of people are responding. So the site is doing unbelievably well. And I thought that I'd like to find out more about it. So I phoned its originator or its founder or the man who manages it. His name is Ray Green. And I said, Ray, tell me more about it. Uh, and he did. And we're going to talk to Ray. We're going to bring him on the line right now just to talk a little bit more about what Legal Talk South Africa is. And then what I've done today is I've teamed up with them. And I think I'm going to team up with them for the whole of this month of June to uh, answer live. What they're doing is they're answering in the written form. I think we're going to answer live here on Cliff Central. And we're going to answer all the pressing questions, the legal ones, that are very difficult to answer in, in brief form, in written form, but we can expound on them and expand on them and talk about them. Uh, yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's clear to me really that there's a need by or from for, for regular South Africans to get a little bit more of legal knowledge. They need it. They want it. Legal expenses are just so high that people are searching all over for answers. So um, – one of the lawyers that works very closely with Legal Talk, his name is Emil Myberg. And uh, Legal Talk suggested I bring him on board to do this very show, which we're going to kind of confine to issues on the Consumer Protection Act. Uh, for this one, and then next week we may do, I don't know, matrimonial, whatever Legal Talk feels is very prevalent right now. I suppose most of the law stuff is, but we'll work it out. Uh, let's welcome, firstly, Emil Myberg. How's it, Emil? Hello, Jerry. Good to have you here. You speak English and I Botart, uh, and, Portuguese. And Portuguese, yes, yeah. yes. How come Portuguese? You're a South African boy from Cape Town. Myberg is your fun, yeah? That's right, yeah. yeah. I uh, went to work at a law firm in Brazil uh, between 2000 and 2002, um, picked up the language there. Then when I came back in 2002, I did a couple of interviews with big law firms uh, to sell Brazil to them. Mm. But in the end, I went uh, on my own mm. and uh, to, to get Brazilian companies as uh, clients doing business here in South Africa. And that's my CV Excellent. in short. Good. You're not a soccer player, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Our email address, if you want to uh, email us, is law at cliffcentral.com. 
Our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. And then our Twitter handle is at Hertzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Today we're going to give out a WhatsApp number, which is 079-748-2090. I'll just repeat that, 79 7482090 although most of our listeners are on podcast they download the show in their millions on Cliff Central we're the biggest on Cliff Central podcast content supplier of great stuff um in the in South Africa no one can can beat us that's our core product so well done to Cliff Central for being the biggest in podcasting now let's talk uh, we've Boosted Cliff Central, which they deserve. Let's talk to a little further about the goals and histories of this very legal talk, South Africa. And uh, to tell us more is Ray Green. Welcome, Ray. Thank you, Barry. Hello, Emil. Hello, Ray. How are you? So, Ray, you um, you describe yourself as a as a beach bum, but uh, that's not quite true because in no time, and you live in KZN, so that's probably why you you. Spend a lot of time on the beach. You're an engineer by profession, and you've started a law site that is helping uh, tens of thousands of South Africans, and it's a well done to you. Thank you, uh, Gary. Yeah, yes, it is like that. Um, that about just over, uh, say, 10 years ago, I decided um, that I am sick and tired of construction and roads and earthworks and all these things. And um, I decided to just be an entrepreneur and uh, go by myself because I figured out, you know, um, if, you, if you started to hate your job, uh, it doesn't matter if you work or not work, you still get the same pay at the end of the month, but uh, it may not be enough. So if you work for yourself and you work a bit harder, you can earn more. Mm. So that is that was my motto then. And I started to, to become an entrepreneur and... Um, I was, uh, because of that shift, I was, you know, that's why I'm a beach bum, because I was I was in deep trouble financially uh, at that stage. And I sort of uh, discovered this, this, this uh, need for um, affordable legal um, advice or legal um, guidance that didn't exist out there. It, it just didn't exist mm. and I decided in the in the past 10 years to bring my own uh, knowledge on the legal side of many things um, in power so that I can actually help myself and help uh, other people as well well you've and done so very, you're, is, you've done extremely well because legaltalk.co.za is a Facebook group so you've got two you've got the website but your Facebook group has a hundred and seven thousand members as we talk and I think last week it had 102. So it's growing by the thousands weekly. And uh, it's all about South African law, which is something and uh, a credit to you. What you're doing is you're archiving. So whatever comes up as a question, it remains. And anyone wants to go back and check out the answer, they can get it f- from the site. I think the beauty of our collaboration now is that people can listen to someone like Emil and me talking law in more depth, and I think that's why this is going to work, and I'm sure it will, Ray, for you and yes. for the site and for us. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. And and um, um, there's lots of anticipation under our members at the moment because of, uh, I made a bit of hype uh, a couple of days ago 
to promote what is going to happen today. And if you go and have a look at that post of mine, you will see there's lots and lots of likes and comments. People are glad that it is uh, broadcasting today in Clips, on Clip Central mm. on in your program. And uh, I'm, I'm sure those that are not tuned in right now definitely are going to download the podcast afterwards. Okay, so if you want to go to Legal Talk uh, Facebook, it's just you go to Facebook and it's there, Legal Talk South Africa. Is it simple as that? Yeah, you say Search for Legal Talk South Africa on Facebook and, and you will find us. And then your or website, you can go to our website, which is legaltalk.co.za and just click on the Facebook icon. Yeah, also you've got an app out that uh, people can, can listen and take part on the app. Yeah, the app is very nice. Yeah, you can download it and uh, then there's, two, there's a couple of things that you will find on the app that is very helpful, like a couple of articles uh, legal uh, um, legal discussions and the, the very nice thing is there's, there's a, a lot of lawyers that is registered on the app uh, where one may be in your vicinity because it's location based as well mm. so if your location is on on your device and you are in need of a lawyer right there where you are you can check on the app who's the closest you know you can yeah, also the, what I like Ray is uh, the whole thing is free gratis and for nux mahala as we say so you can get on you can ask your question, and uh, someone's going to answer you, uh, which is free legal advice. Marvelous. I think one's got to be a little careful who is giving the advice. You've got to be a bit circumspect on any site because there could be guys. Correct. That, yeah. But uh, there are a lot of lawyers I've also seen that are giving jo- jolly good advice. When us lawyers, I mean, I'm included in this, are charging thousands per month, uh, per hour, um, they're getting it for free. So it's a great, this is really fantastic. Well done to you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Manir, we're going to move on. Don't run away. Please stay with us. Emil and I have taken, well, I've taken off 11 questions that are somehow aligned to the Consumer Protection Act, which is very, very prominent and prevalent right now. So we're going to talk about it. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to get some big benefit out of this one. Sterte, bye, thank you for your bedra ons waardeer dit. Dank u. Let's talk to you, Emil, very quickly about uh, Legal Talk. Um, it's a non-profit. That's it's right. been registered as a non-profit. Yes. The, I believe you can pay a lawyer for more intensive advice if you want it, and you go to the website and do that. How much is that, and how does it work? Uh, that's 180 rand. Yeah. Um, I should maybe explain that there are three platforms on which uh, Legal Talk operates. First is th- the Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, where you get your advice for free. Then there's the paid service, which is 180 rand per question, including about two or three answers from the lawyer. There you get uh, an attorney or advocate answering mm-hmm. your questions. And uh, the benefit of that is that um, it, it is a qualified and considered answer. Many of the answers you would get on the Facebook page are often off the cuff. Yes. Whereas what you get for the 180 rand is somebody that's sat down, thought, uh, read up a little bit about uh, the question uh, and given you an, an answer that, that that they can sign off on. Cool. I think we've uh, punted one another enough now. No one's getting paid for this. We're just trying to promote one another so that the public out there gets free legal advice. That's really what we want to do today. Yes. Okay. 
First question comes from Nicolene from Pretoria. I don't want to give the surname. It's not necessary, but I do have it. She says, I have a lease contract for 12 months, and my rent is 7500 a month. Uh, I've now been retrenched, and I sent the retrenchment letter to the estate agent, and I said, look, I can't afford it anymore. I'm kind of – I'm adding to her, her to her statement here. I want to give you 20 days' notice to cancel. And she now writes, they now want me to pay a penalty of 3,000 rand. Remember, her rent is 7,500 a month, and she signed for 12 months. The lease contract stipulates that if I pay a pe- I only pay a penalty if I transferred out the country or for diplomatic reasons. I've never seen that in a lease, but anyway, that's what she says. But there is nowhere in the lease, uh, nothing is mentioned about if I'm retrenched or jobless. Is it right for them to penalize me into paying a penalty? No, it is not right and it is also illegal. The Consumer Protection Act has dramatically changed the legal landscape in South Africa. And I think many suppliers and consumers are not yet aware of how it's changed the law. Now, as you know, the common law rule is if you want to cancel a fixed term lease agreement in the middle of the lease, for example, Mm -hmm. you are liable for the remainder uh, of the term's lease. So yeah. if you, if it's seven and a half thousand rand, you still have uh, six months left, you must pay the remainders uh, of the lease and only then can you get out. And that is still the situation in commercial leases. Mm. But in a, a domestic lease, uh, you can cancel the lease agreement with 20 days, 20 business days notice. That's in terms of section 14 of the Consumer Protection Act. And the uh, section says that the uh, supplier, that's the landlord, can charge a reasonable cancellation fee, Mm. but then it uh, prescribes what a reasonable cancellation fee must comply with. And there are so many requirements that in practice, a landlord cannot charge anything. The only time that he would be able to charge a penalty is if the uh, tenant does not give the 20-day notice. But for the rest… Um, Emil, you're giving advice that everyone wants to hear. You are saying that if I sign a three-year lease and after three months I decide I want to get out of it, I give 20 days notice and I bugger off and that's the end of that. That's it. Uh, it can't be that simple. It actually is. I, I must just add that yeah. um, the maximum term of a f- uh, that a fixed term contract can be is two years. Okay. So a three-year yeah. agreement yeah, sorry, two years. be absolutely yeah. invalid or yeah. illegal. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and look, I I think it is perfect. It's it's right. I know landlords uh, complain about it, um, and I they do have my sympathy. But there is such an unequal economic relationship between landlords and tenants that this is. Just fair. But Emil, do you have to have a, a good reason to escape paying a penalty? I mean, if you say I've been retrenched, does it matter if you say I've been retrenched or I've won the lotter and I want to go and move and I want to go and live in Dubai? There's a palace there for me. Uh, I mean, w- 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 does it make any difference? Th- that reminds me of w- what uh, labor law was like in the old <laughs> days that you could cancel the uh, employment agreement for a good reason, a bad reason, or no reason at all. Yes. And that's what it is for a fixed term agreement, like a lease. You can cancel it for a good reason, for a bad reason, or for no reason at all. It and makes it makes no, no difference. difference. No difference. Emil, it, um, 
the landlord in the old days before the CPA had to mitigate their loss, meaning if you said, listen, I can't afford it anymore and I've got six months left on my lease, they've got to find another tenant. Yes. And they've got to do everything in their power, the landlords. Yes. They can't sit back and say, well, sorry, but you must pay. Yes. So as you rightly say, surely, surely now the landlord says, okay, you've given me your 20 days notice. I can't find another tenant. I've, I'm advertising. I'm doing everything I can. You must pay a reasonable, you must pay something. That is not included in what the consumer protection regulations view as a reasonable penalty. Okay, that's your view. Um, I may well differ slightly, and, and you may be right on this one. I, I, you know, I may say that the landlord can claim a reasonable penalty, whatever that may be. But mm-hmm. anyway, I may be wrong, and you may well be right. That's why... We beg to differ. Yes. Uh, what, what I would like to caution listeners and everybody else, and I'm, I remind myself of this constantly as well, is there's very little case law on the Consumer Protection Act. Yes. We as lawyers, the first thing that we do when we're confronted with a set of facts is go and see if the, if the appeal court, the Supreme Court of Appeal or the Constitutional Court um, have delivered judgments on this issue. But because these are issues between ordinary people, that will probably only go as far as the small claims court, maybe the magistrate's court. I don't think we will ever get case law on this, or at least not in the foreseeable future. Let's talk about, you mentioned the small claims court. The jurisdiction in amount is up to 15,000 right, right now. Yes. And that's been in place for the last three years, since 2014. I think so, yes. Yeah, It's about time that was lifted because 15,000 three years ago is not what it's things have changed yes. yeah i think it should go up to much more because more cases deserve to go into the small claims court. It, it should yes yeah but right now if you have a case and it's below fifteen thousand, the small claims court is your bet it is more. although i would even take cases of 10 of 20 maybe even twenty five thousand rand to the small claims court and abandon the portion over uh, 15,000 rand because when the small claims court's jurisdiction is limited to fifteen thousand. It means that uh, a commissioner can only make a judgment, an order of up to 15,000 rand. So if you go there with a claim of 25,000 rand and you abandon 10,000, you can still get 15,000. Uh, We're giving you great advice. Yes. This is great advice because, yeah, you're absolutely right. Just abandon it and you come in under the threshold and the magistrate will grant you the 15,000 if you deserve it. Correct. Because if you go to the magistrate's court for, yeah. for 25,000 rand, after all your costs have been subtracted, you're going yeah. to walk out of there with not much more than 15,000 rand. Absolutely. In, in we always say that even if you win a case, your legal fees, you cannot recover the, the lot 90% no. of the time no. because your lawyers are kind of charging more than the, than the scale. It's a bit like yes. medical aid and, and out of medical yes. aid. Do you agree with me on that one? Uh, if you if you win on uh, party and party costs, yeah. uh, you get around a third yeah. of what you spent. Because what the tariff allows in the high court and the magistrate's court is simply not enough for for any lawyer. Yeah, to live the on. lawyers are charging an hourly rate. I mean, it could be anything from I don't know a thousand to ten thousand an hour, whereas the tariff for a a con- an hourly charge is considerably less than your yes. lowest rate. Yes. Am I right? That's right. So that's why the complaint always by a client is, Gary, we've just won our case, but we don't get our cost back. So the guy, you know, I'm, I'm landing up kind of paying my lawyer. Was it worth my while? That's why you correctly say 
go on to the uh, go on go to the small claims court and abandon. Yes. I don't know what's coming coming through here. Is anything coming through on our lines? Okay, uh, Emil, interesting, so interesting. Let's move on to our our next question that came from Kelly. I think something's coming through on our line. I don't know. Can you hear it as well? I can. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Kelly. Thanks for the question. Uh, so, legal talk say. Can a summons be emailed to you or must the sheriff deliver it? We can expand on this one a lot. Emil, yes. what's the answer? Uh, it must be served by the sheriff. Uh, a summons cannot be um, emailed. Uh, the rules uh, prescribe very clearly um, both magistrates, high court and, and small claims court that it must be served by, by the sheriff. I think this is a tactic by uh, these leg-breaking debt collecting companies leg breaking figuratively meant of course uh, that email summonses to people as a way to frighten them to intimidate them and I, by the way i think that's contrary to the consumer protection act as well yeah it's contrary to every act yes uh, yeah. but if you receive a, a summons via email you can safely ignore it yes if it's not served by the sheriff and the, the visit by a sheriff can be intimidating and daunting but if it's not served by the sheriff you you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, according to the High Court rules and the Magistrates Court rules, all summonses must be served by the sheriff. And during certain yeah. uh, hours of the day, yeah. you know, between as, as the rules say, as closely as possible between seven in the morning and seven in the evening. There's an exception. Um, yeah, we'll come to um, we'll come to the ex one or other exception or so. We often get asked this question here: Do I have to sign if the sheriff arrives? Do I have to sign for the summons or can I just take it and, and, and say, okay, I got it? You don't have to sign for the summons. Many people think that uh, if they don't sign for the summons, then uh, nothing can be done to them. But that's wrong. The sheriff only delivers it. Uh, and when he files his return of service, he said, look, I served the summons on the defendant at such a time, at such a place, at his place of business or his residence. That's valid, whether you sign for it or not. Yeah, so be very careful. Even though you haven't signed for the summons, if you get home and there's a summons attached to your door, under your door, attend to it. <clears throat> don't just walk away and say, well, I never signed for it. I don't have to worry because the next thing you'll get a judgment against yes. you. So the rules do allow the sheriff to hand it to anyone over the age of 16. That's right. Pin it to the door. All those. Yes. You, yeah. uh, only in divorces and um, some exceptions in the National Yeah, Credit that was Act. the exception, the divorces, um, yeah. Where the defendant has to be served personally, most summonses can be served on somebody else or, like you say, pinned to the door. Yeah, I mean, the sheriff goes out and he finds that the door is constantly closed every time he goes. There's no one at home. The place is locked. So he pins it to the door. Yes. And that's, that's in order in terms of the rules. He has another interesting one for all the listeners out there. Uh, and I want to tell you about an interesting case that I think a lot of us know about, but it happened a few years ago. A company had taken legal action against a Mr. Udendahl, who defended the case. And just before the case went to trial, the lawyers for Mr. Udendahl withdrew from the case. And uh, they didn't know his current address. They didn't give it. No one knew it. And the creditor wanted to get to court to get their judgment against Mr. Udendahl. And they didn't have his address. So they applied to the court to have the legal process served on Facebook 
And Judge Esther Stein, S-T-Y-N, sitting in Durban, of all places where Ray Green comes from, made history when she approved service of the court documents of Mr. Udendahl via personal inbox message on his Facebook page. Interesting, isn't it? In addition, the court just went a step further as a precautionary. They said that the summons must be served as well in a local newspaper to promote legal certainty. Yes, but in order to deviate from the rule that it must be served by the sheriff, you need the court's consent. You cannot just go to Facebook and say, okay, now you've served. You need a court's order. Absolutely. So if you, if you can't find anyone, but you've got them on Facebook and most people are on Facebook, apply to court. It's a simple process. Well, I don't know. Uh, and you can yes. get your, your summons served. Lionel McCorker Taylor's just walked in. Lines, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to, to, you, to you. <laughs> Good day. I just wanted to also find out, can somebody serve you legal documents via WhatsApp, for example? Where they attach, send you pictures of what the document is it that they actually. I guess wrote. it's the same process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the court, yes. uh, yeah, the court. If you apply to court and you say, "Listen, I can," it's a good question, lines. I know he's on WhatsApp, and uh, we can place it on WhatsApp and send it to him safely, and he should get it or will get it. The court will allow it, and they'll probably make you also advertise in the paper or mm. some some other method. Yeah. The, the courts are catching up with technology. I know the legal uh, profession and courts are notoriously conservative, but there's been a reported judgment earlier this year where uh, here in Johannesburg, uh, where Judge Kathy Satchwell uh, approved that testimony of two witnesses be given via Skype. One was in Dubai and the other one was in France. Mm. So We may be doing some of those from Dubai very soon that, as well. That's right. I yes. look forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> some criminal cases. That, that will get reported yeah. surely. Yeah. Excellent. Lines, here's one. It comes from Liz, L-I-Z. Uh, she p- placed this on Legal Talk South Africa's Facebook page. It's a long one. I'm going to have to cut it a bit. Please help. Hi, guys. Here it goes. My husband took out a gym contract. Here, one of those, Emil. Mm. In 2009, it was a special where you pay the entire amount up front and no debit order for three years. And this is what I did. After the three-year period was over, the contract was up and access to the facilities were denied and we went on with our lives. She thought that's the end of that. Three years later... She started receiving random debit orders for random amounts with different references, sometimes three a month. Can you imagine being the recipient of this? You can kill yourself or kill them. My husband reversed the debit orders each time, and uh, we went to the gym to find out what was up. They said the contract had, that he had signed had, and uh, I'm going to underline this, an auto-renewal clause. Whoa. An auto-renewal clause. I've seen those, many of them. Anyway, she goes on and on and on. She says that, uh, this is a very long one, I have to cut it a bit. She says now the lawyers and and, and debt collectors and everyone was trying to get the money back from her. And at the end, frustrated with, she's really tearing her hair out. She says, do we get a lawyer and take them to the small claims court? How do I handle this one? Emil Myberg, yeah. Consumer Commission, wouldn't they be there right now? Well, let's talk to Emil Myberg, Emil. Well. Good one, Lions, yeah. First of all, these three-year contracts um, are now illegal. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, uh, fixed-term contracts can only last for two years. But uh, the one thing that immediately jumps out for me is the time period when this first took place. Uh, Liz, I think the, the gym's claim would have prescribed more than three years ago. Uh, I know many uh, 
debt collectors, many creditors try and get away with uh, uh, prescription, hoping that the, the debtor would pay even though the debt has prescribed. Uh, but auto renewal clauses. Um, Sorry, Emil, I'm going to stop you for one sec. It's become unlawful, yes. unlawful in terms of the National Credit Act, which was amended in 2015. Yes. It's unlawful for a credit provider or debt collector to try and collect money on a prescribed debt. Unlawful means he can tron to He can go to jail on that one. That's right. Yeah. But they still try. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a criminal prosecution available to you if they are. If you've got somebody who's trying to get prescribed debt out of you, you take that and yeah, uh, go, go, to, go, go to, the to the police station yeah. and lay a complaint. Absolutely. Whether anything will be done is another story. Mm. But uh, technically and legally, that's your answer. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, Auto-renewal clauses, uh, I think, are illegal. The, the CPA doesn't say so in, in uh, as many words, but if we refer to this uh, famous section 14, which deals with fixed-term uh, contracts, it says that the supplier must advise a consumer no more than 80 days and no less than 40 days before a fixed-term agreement expires. So if the gym hasn't done that, then they cannot renew the agreement automatically uh, and they have no claim. Mm. So in any event, to renew a fixed-term agreement, the consumer... Liz, in this case, must express her ex uh, desire to renew the agreement, um, and they must do so before the agreement terminates. Therefore, to me, it's quite clear that um, automatic renewals are illegal, and I can't see a gym getting away with this. No, nor can I. This. Absolutely. They shouldn't get away with it. It's, it's bull. It's nonsense. And, and yeah. I think maybe the solution in a case like this is to go and get protection orders <laughs> you know, harassment orders against these people so they can be arrested if they keep on claiming money yeah. that they're not entitled to. Oh, yeah. on, the, on that very point, you know what they're doing uh, often, these credit providers and the debt collectors, they're threatening people with credit bureau listings, yes. black listings, which is a horrible term, but uh, ne uh, negative credit uh, listings, and they are doing it. So they shove people on the credit bureaus. When a guy applies for credit, they say, but hey, you haven't paid your gym contract or whatever it may be. Yes. And that, the National Credit Act uh, provides that before anyone can list you, they've actually got to give you notice. But if, if they are listing you on prescribed debt, it's also unlawful. Yes. You know lines. We've discussed this a million yes. times. Everyone's entitled, and I think we all know this, to a free credit report from Set. all of the 10 or so credit bureaus that are out there. That's Check right. your credit rating. No, Please. people must be proactive in that. Don't regard. do it. Yes. Uh, just sign up uh, on, uh, just look up Credit Bureau mm. South Africa. Sign up, put your ID number in its mahala, get your credit record, check it out. There may be someone, some laboratory that you forgot to pay the excess of yes. 38 Rand. It happened to a very close friend of mine who's a very wealthy man. The, he ignored the 38, next thing he was on the Credit Bureau for, for a <laughs> minuscule amount. <laughs> Yeah. Look, uh, I would yeah. recommend to people, if they do have the funds and the courage for that, to, to sue companies that blacklist you illegally for defamation. Mm. That is defamation. That infringes your good name seriously. Will you take on that case and what's your hourly rate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, Emil, it's all very well, but it's a bit expensive yeah. for us to, to, to sue on that one. But I hear you. Well, I, I had a... Almost similar matter, many years ago, a checkbook of mine was stolen, and I only discovered it after the check started going through my account and bounced. I was still a candidate attorney at the time, so um, I didn't have a lot of money, and uh, I got blacklisted mm. when I applied for a cell phone contract. 
And when I discovered who it was, it was a supermarket that had received one of my checks. Um, okay, I'm a lawyer, so I litigate for free. I, I sent him a letter and I said, listen, you, you remove litigate my for fun. Well, <laughs> and for fun, yes. <laughs> like you. Um, I said, you remove my name or I sue you for defamation. I got a lawyer's letter from some fancy law firm in Pretoria, yeah. but they removed my name. So you know, they, they know they are wrong, but they take chances. Yeah, once you've got your credit report and there's something there that shouldn't be there, you must contact the uh, credit bureau and you yes. point out this is, you know, why it shouldn't be on your, on, against your name. Yes. And there they will remove it. Yes. They're, they're very careful with that. If you can supply proof that there's no need for that blacklisting to be against your name, they will remove it. Yes. Yeah, they need proof. Though. And and that's right. Um, I mean, people are entitled to to get credit, and they should not be denied credit because some creditor has has blacklisted uh, a, a consumer for illegal reasons. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jessica <clears throat> has written in to Legal Talk, and we took this off Legal Talks website or Facebook page. I'm hoping for a bit of advice. Well, you've come to the right place, Jessica. I have a data contract with a provider. It's uh, for a set amount every month. And once all the data has been used, then uh, it goes off. Well, we all know that until it's recharged at the end of the in or the beginning of the following month. Cool. Now she says, sometimes we have used all and sometimes we still have a lot left. However, there are times when we have run out. It has been cut by the network, which is, the, which is fine. That's what's supposed to happen, she says. They have now charged me double the amount of what my contract is saying. And uh, they say they're extra charges and that if we went over the limit, then uh, we must pay for it, basically. She says, uh, I've never had extra to use and I've never requested it. And I never asked them to give me the extra. And I've got oh. the, she's, she's the absolute hell in here. My debit order is for a certain amount that I've signed for. Can they debit me more if I've not signed or given my permission? What can I do about this? Sorry to, to, yeah, to interrupt. Do, yeah. I think uh, Wendy Applebaum is actually taking one of the major uh, network uh, providers in South Africa for the same reason. And it's going to be quite an interesting one because she won with the uh, Ganeshi orders, and right. this one is the next one. Go yeah. for it, Wendy. We want you on the show when you've done it to come and talk to us. Yeah. It would be nice. Have you ever seen um, a, a cell phone company contract? The same contracts that you and I, if we draft them, it would take 30 pages. They stick onto the back of an A4 page. Back of an envelope just about. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. you, you need an electron microscope to read it. Somewhere in there, there are provisions that allow them to do this. Where uh, I would say they are wrong uh, is a provision like this. There are requirements in the Consumer Protection Act that require that certain provisions must be clearly stipulated. It must be typefaced, bold, and it, uh, the consumer's attention must be drawn specifically to that provision mm. to say, listen, if you exceed the limit, you are going to pay so much. Uh, one thing to be clear about the Consumer Protection Act is even though it's given consumers a lot of extra rights, it hasn't totally taken away all the rights of the suppliers. So, yes, they can charge these fees, but they must make you aware of the fact that they will charge Okay, them. so they're, they're not making me aware because they're shoving this contract under my nose. Most of the time it's on the phone, and uh, I don't even see this nonsense, and nor did she, but we signed for it. We're not expecting that. I'm. She's expecting to be curtailed. Uh, to or buy a certain amount and then she lands up paying double. And I want to ask you yes. another question on that. Isn't there reckless lending here? Aren't they giving me credit that 
they haven't checked whether I can afford or not. Uh, True. Very well. Oh. Yes, I think one could very well make it, uh, a, a case like that. Yeah. Um, although I do know when you, you apply for contracts, they ask for, for income and uh, – uh, to make sure that you can afford the contract, so they may be able to get away. Yeah, I can from afford. I, uh, Jessica could possibly afford the thousand a month, but she can't afford two. Mm. Well, you know, it makes a big difference. Th- to the the yeah. thing is, I, uh, this morning um, I, I, I got an SMS from uh, my wife to say that she has exceeded her limit already. So I, I put some more, uh, but uh, they were, she was already being charged for it. We're talking about 30, 40, 50 rand, maybe a hundred rand. Yes, but it's been done to millions of people. The thing is, oh. in South Africa, we tr- we've traditionally had a culture of it's not worth fighting over. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Consumer Protection Act should make people more aware. And this is where this show, I think, is great, that there is no such thing anymore as it's not worth fighting over. I've taken a photographer that came to took pictures of um, my daughter at school to the Consumer Commission because she forced me in contravention, she forced all the parents in contravention of the Consumer Protection Act to buy Three products. Did she three? force you or did she say it's available? No. If you want to, uh, there were about 10 options. Oh. So, but if you want to buy, say, a nice big picture, um, 20 by 30 centimeters to send to grandparents, you must first buy three oh. things. You know, it was a, a paper holder and things like that. And I said, I don't want this. I do want a 20 by 30 picture, oh. but I don't want this. And she said, then, um, then forget about it. Mm-hmm. Now that is, this bundling, you know, requiring you to buy certain yes. products if you want something else yes. is prohibited by the Consumer Protection Act. Yes. Is that a fight that's worth fighting over? Probably not. But that is the kind of thing I've referred it to the Consumer Commission and they're investigating it. Uh, people should fight over the hundred rand. Okay, so let's give a, let's give practical advice. It's all very well rah rah rahing and saying go and fight it. What you write a, a letter to the Consumer Commission? Where do you find it? Yes, the uh, the drawback of the Consumer Pr- Protection Act is that the Consumer Commission is very slow. Yeah. But they are not your only recourse. You can uh, also you can go to court. Small okay, claims let, court. Let, let, okay, so let's talk about the freebies out there, the small claims court, yeah. And also if there's an industry body and this may, will apply to to motor vehicles. Ombat, you say the ombuds, Yes. The ombuds office. Uh, you can refer a complaint to the ombudsman who, for that industry, there is currently only one, and that is for uh, vehicles. Uh-huh. Um, and they can then investigate and make a determination. So they, y- your first freebie would be the Consumer Commission. But you must just be aware that the complaint will get drowned Amongst the thousands. Well, what has happened? Forgive me, but to the pictures, did you? Get, well, it's it's still being investigated. They they. Uh, Does she know you've been there? Yes. Uh, and she still waiting? won't give you the picture without no. the teddy bears. N- no, she won't. Mm. She's taken on the wrong oak. <laughs> she doesn't know. You've got to be so careful today. Well, Emil Myberg is our guest. Yeah. Another example is, in, in my view, you go to the cinema, and uh, they've only got unhealthy. Uh, Sweets there, so I want to take a bottle of sparkling water. So no, you can't take it here. You haven't bought it here. That is, in my view, also something that's prohibited by the Consumer Protection Act. Mm. You cannot expect of me to buy something from you if it's not something I want, and especially not if it's at prices that are, are exorbitant. 
Yeah, I wrote an article recently which was published in the Santon Chronicle and all over about the waiters that walk up to you and they say, Sir, welcome. Uh, you want something to drink? You say, Yo, give me uh, some water, please. They say, still or sparkling. You say, no, I want a glass of water. He says, still or sparkling. Because they try to sell you the bottled yes. one where they make a profit. Yes. Every, according to the Liquor Act, every restaurant is obliged to give its patrons water in a glass. You don't have to buy but how uh, many people know that? I didn't know well, there that. there you go. There, free advice today. Marvelous. Wow. <laughs> Next time you go to a restaurant, say, I want a glass of water. And I want one for everybody at the table, <laughs> all 20 of us. The waiter will love you. <laughs> but is it not for them to also upsell just so that at least their 10% is going to increase? Because sure. the more they sell, the more uh, return that they're actually going to get. Yeah, they're telling people... Uh, they're telling the waiters, just make sure you upsell, please. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to, here's a lekker one. Sandra, many thanks for this one. I need legal advice. Cool. May a medical GP charge for an, appoint, for an appointment missed? <laughs> oh, yeah. She doesn't rock up and the medical doctor sends it a car. That's a tricky one, but I think in all fairness, you should because they sell time. So if you do, you miss your appointment and you don't tell them in adequate time so that they can actually get somebody else to take your space, sure, it's only fair to take it. Like lawyers, they sell time. You, 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 I don't think you're wrong, Lions. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Let's get a meal. Yeah, yeah, this one. yeah. Sh- professional. The, the yeah. Short answer is, as so often in law, is it depends. Did you not pitch or did you cancel? Yeah. Mm. Because if you cancelled, then Section 17 of the Consumer Protection Act kicks in, which allows consumers to cancel advance reservations. And a booking for, for at the doctor is uh, is an advanced booking in, for purposes of the Consumer Protection Act, and in that case, they can charge a reasonable fee. So, uh, when is when should if you can't go to a doctor, you must give him what like twenty four hours? Would that be fair, or to to find another patient? I I would say yeah. even an hour, an hour, or or, or less. Um, because if you look at the medical profession, and doctors are are great people. But there are not many of them. So you, uh, they can fill your slot very easily. Mm. If you think how many times you've gone to a doctor, the, the appointment was at 3 o'clock and, you're, you've, and they only see you at 4 o'clock because there are so many people in the waiting room. Yeah. I, if, if a doctor wants to sue me for not going to, to an appointment that I'd cancelled, you know, I would, I would say, okay, good. Take me to court. Come and testify under oath that you did not have another patient in my allotted Well, time. I'm sorry to tell the doctors this. If any doctors are listening, they shouldn't be because they should be tending to their patients. <laughs> but if they are on podcast tonight, yeah, please remember that you are selling your time. And if a patient makes an appointment but doesn't turn up, you cannot charge. This is in breach of the Health Practitioners Council's ethical rules. And they the Consumer not, Protection and the, Yeah, So all around you can't charge. Um, I want to switch things around a little. I was sitting with an advocate, a senior counsel once, and uh, he had some problem either. He had an appointment with the doctor uh, an hour or two forward. So he phoned the doctor's receptionist. He said, listen, I am a busy man. I charge by the hour, and they do. We know what they charge by hour, senior counsel, 10 grand, 20 grand an hour, whatever. He said, I want to know if the doctor's running on time. She said, I don't know, sir. He said, well, my, I want to know whether he will see me at 3 o'clock, which is the time of my appointment. She said, I can't guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So he, I, he, went fu- he was furious. He, went f- 
He said, listen, if I get there and you have to tell me, will you please phone me an hour before or half an hour before and let me know so I can get there and not wait? She said, I can't, I can't do that. So I remember the incident very well. Yeah. Can we, if you sit in a waiting room for the doctor and he's an hour running an hour late, can you charge for your time? I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> but it depends on the, on the cases. Like you also have a consultation. You find that the, co- uh, the consultation process is a very complex situation, which requires most of your time to really engage with the patient or the, uh, the client. I really think it's just reasonable to simply say to people, um, to give them the heads up, apologies, the doctor will be running a bit late because he is actually attending to a complex situation because that whole, if it's going to be 15 minutes, it's never going to work. So you don't mind waiting an hour in the waiting room for a doctor, which is probably the average that you'll wait. And when your time is being lost, you can't sell it. And he's he doesn't care about you. Really. I do mind. However, the doctor that I go to, she's very nice. I don't necessarily have to make an appointment. Uh, but it goes with also, without saying, let's hear uh, the, the professional advice in this regard. Yeah, no. yeah. Look, I... <laughs> I, I, I don't think there would be a legal basis, you know, maybe in delict to say, you know, it was an, it's an unlawful act. Uh, it was foreseeable that you not attending me at the, uh, at three o'clock uh, would result in me suffering damages and therefore you are liable for it. But I think that's a long okay, shot. Okay, so lawyers work on a contingency, some lawyers. Uh, Emil, will you take on a case like that no. at 25%? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't. But they say, look, it, yeah, but, yeah. I, I think that would be a reminder for, People and that includes us lawyers as well. Includes well anybody that works on an appointment basis mm-hmm. yeah. to have good ma- the decency to advise their clients. Say, Listen, I won't be able to see you at three. Yes. Yeah. They say that the medical industry is filled with life and death emergencies and medical complications, and therefore the doctors are emphatic that they cannot guarantee an exact True. time. And I kind of understand that. It's a bit like a lawyer says, "I'm in court today." I mean, he could be out of there in 10 minutes or he could be there for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. It depends on – depends. Mm-hmm. On the so minutes. I guess, yeah, there's no suing for that one. But sorry, on yeah. that very same note, let's say I book a hotel room or a lodge or spa voucher, for example, and I decide to cancel it. Would it still be the same rules applying to me cancelling? Yes. Oh. Yes. And in the case of illness or yeah. death, yeah. Um, they cannot charge not even a reasonable fee. I've got to tell you something. This is one of the most interesting, enlightening, delicious conversations I've had in a long time. I hope our listeners are enjoying it as much as I am. But but, but (laughs) you know why? It's because it it, it deals with the things that affect us on a daily Daily basis. basis, I have used the Consumer Protection Act for myself. For example, this photographer. But there there are other matters as well. This poor photographer. Only if she knew what she got herself into. <laughs> what other man? Who else have you nailed? <laughs> we know the supermarket, <laughs> which eventually gave in. Well, uh, I, I'm a consumer as well. I, I will tell you uh, uh, a matter. In fact, there was a, there was a similar question that, that came up here, but uh, I've almost experienced. You know it what, myself. Emil? We are running so behind here. We've done three quest- four questions, and we've got eleven. Jeez. Okay, it shows you how much time we've spent talking about the three we can go on forever i'm going to pick let's take the franchise business because there's a poor lady called stefina who's from tembisa yes and she says good morning i bought a franchise for a hundred thousand it's probably so, money she borrowed four mm-hmm. months ago for a small restaurant 
with money I borrowed from my uncle. There you are. You're absolutely right. The business isn't going well and I want to get out. All I have is a seven-page franchise agreement which says I cannot cancel the agreement within the first three years. They told me verbally that if I would make at least 30, they, that I was going to make at least 30,000 a month. I mean the usual. But I only make eight, which is only enough to pay the rent in the small shopping center. Mm-hmm. I've already had to let one staff member go and I'm now unfortunately broke. What can I do? Is this how it's supposed to be? No. It's not, my no. sweetheart. No, yeah. No, definitely yeah. not. Uh, Interestingly, franchises have been brought within the ambit of the Consumer Protection Act as well. I don't think it's entirely at home there, but it is there, so now we have to deal with it. So a franchisee is treated as a consumer, uh, and the franchisor is a supplier. The Consumer Protection Act has a lot of requirements for a franchise agreement, and from what you've just described, I think none of them was Mm. complied with. Well, in a seven-page franchise agreement, you wouldn't expect that all of the necessities are in there that should be there. Yes. So um, that franchise agreement surely can be cancelled. In fact, um, I think it's probably void up in issue. Yes. Uh, the way that uh, this is dealt with in uh, the Consumer Protection Act, it, it's viewed – if you don't comply with the requirements of a franchise agreement, mm-hmm. then it's viewed as misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that sounds like Greek to uh, to listeners, but for us lawyers, it has certain uh, meanings. Mm-hmm. And that means you can, you can cancel that agreement and claim back everything you paid, mm-hmm. and you have to give – you also have to give back everything that you received, uh, but – most definitely, that agreement can be cancelled and you can get your money back. The Consumer Protection Act is very specific here. They've got it. The franchisor has got to give you a, a myriad, a, a fortune of, de- of yes. information. Um, they've got to show you figures and they've got to show you other stores and all kinds of things. So and Some of it must be signed by an auditor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so before you enter into a franchise agreement, make sure it's not one of these Schlenter franchises yes. that just say oh, you're going to make fortunes. Meantime, you can, you know, seriously, you're going to lose your boots. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Stefina, you can get out of that agreement. So what does she have to do to get her money back? Now, she's got to unfortunately go to a lawyer. That's the problem. Here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she will have to go to a lawyer. She will have to cancel uh, that uh, franchise agreement. Mm. Uh, they will have to make a calculation of how much she spent on mm. uh, on that uh, agreement Unfortunately it's a very complicated Field of law because now we're not dealing only With, with a, a consumer protection act But we're also dealing with breach of contract And misrepresentation Yeah, there's probably, They probably bullshitted if I can use it They yes. said you're going to make 30,000 a month Knowing yes. that that's the store There's only one store doing it The other six are doing nothing Precisely yeah. um, Let's talk about suing. If she had to sue for the 100000 she can go to the magistrate's court, but she would need a lawyer because you can't take out yes. your own appendix, really. Yes. You can try. So she'd need a lawyer, um, and it's going to cost her a bit of money, but I suppose this is one she has to. We, 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 we've got to remain in business, Emil. Well, no. it's, it's, not only, it's not only for our own sake, but some things are so complicated and where, where this becomes complicated is because the law of contract is involved and as you know there's nothing more complicated than the law of contract mm. um, she w- unfortunately will have to uh, hire a lawyer to help her with this one um, but I think she's got a good chance of success yeah no, so do I and no, she can't just leave it um, no. she's she, not only she lost her 100,000, but they misrepresented the financials to her probably, yes. which means she can also sue them for her losses. Yes. So whatever she's paid on rent and whatever she's lost, 
That's right. In in taking on this business, she can get back from them in theory in law. Yeah. That's yeah. a case that I would take on on a contingency basis. Hmm. Well, there you are. Uh, get hold of Emil Myberg. Emil, there is something. I don't know if we we haven't discussed it. There's something on the website yes. of Legal Talk that you can pay 180 rons South African rands, and you can get a, a lawyer to give you some advice. Just take that further from yeah, me. That's, um, that's different from the Facebook page oh. uh, because you know you get a lawyer that will answer your question. Um, oh. We would have spent some time to research the answer before, before we give, we, she gives it to you. Um, it's only an advisory service, so you won't get somebody going to sue oh. on that service, but you will know what your rights are and you will get a fairly detailed response. Okay, so if you go to the legal talk .co.za, you can, there's a facility to pay 180 rand for considered legal advice. That's right. Yeah. That's Ray Green's uh, business, and uh, I'm sure he's assisting the public in many ways. I've got another seven questions. We've got, I've got to find one that we can do in two minutes. Hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Uh, uh, which one do you fancy, Neil, in seven, <laughs> in five minutes, four minutes? Um, okay, this one here by, by Dalva de Azevedo. Yeah. Um, the water got or was cut off. They didn't receive uh, invoices. Um, it, it's good to know municipalities are bound by the Consumer Protection Act as well, but they think they are above the law. They think they can just cut off electricity even if they don't send out invoices. Their standard reply is you should phone us to find out how much you owe, and if you didn't do that, then we're entitled to cut off your services without uh, notice. That is in breach of Section 40 of the Consumer Protection Act because it constitutes unconscionable con uh, conduct, um, and you, you, Dalva can sue the... Uh, the municipality for any damages and I think also get a spoliation order to have the water reconnected the same day. That's also a case I would love to take on because you could, water is cut off this morning and you can get a high court uh, interdict in theory this afternoon. So listen, I've been deprived of my rights, unlawfully give back my water. Schindler's attorneys have written extensively on this and they concentrate on this. They write an article, very interesting, I'd like to thank them for it. They say that it's unlawful for a municipality to disconnect a consumer whilst there's a query, mm. okay, pending, provided, provided that the value of the disputed charge equals or exceeds the amount of arrears on the account for the same service. And then they go on, let me just take you one more paragraph. In terms of the bylaws of most municipalities, a query logged in relation to any municipal account, will only remain valid for so long as the customer continues to pay the current and undisputed bills charged on a monthly basis. What this means is that if you fail to pay your current charges or any portion of your current charges that are undisputed, you can be disconnected. So please don't just sit back and say, well, I've got a dispute, I'm not paying. Pay your current True. and uh, just yeah, you'll try and sort out mm. the disputed amount. But yeah, it's a bit different because they didn't send out invoices. Yeah, you know, I w truthfully, I wouldn't mess too much with this. There's a certain power that the council has. They send people around to disconnect, mm -hmm. and God forbid you're in the position where you're disconnected and try and deal with their call center. Okay, yes. so if it's Joburg, so please don't mess with this. Uh, be careful. It's only a 
kind of fatherly advice I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's on, true. on the yeah. franchise, uh, just before we part, yeah. the most important thing people need to do is to do their own research and do their due diligence and find somebody who's actually qualified, a qualified auditor or qualified accountant to go through the finances and explain to them in detail to simply say, does this really make sense? Absolutely before right. you really sign the contract, because at the end of the day, most people really lose their money. What we're saying, Lionel, is that see the lawyer before yes. and not after. Yes. True. <clears throat> Get legal advice in advance so that you know what your what your possibilities of problems can be. Oh, yeah. It's been an unbelievable show. Thank you to Legal Talk South Africa, to Emil Myberg, to Lionel Makokotlela, and to you, our listener. We thank you for this. We're going to continue this throughout this month. Next week, we're doing something else with someone else. Oh. But Emil, you'll be <laughs> back. Because I think we're going to, we, you know, we haven't answered all the questions. And there's Thank so much coming through that uh, we just need this advice all the time. It's a good one, this. Good. Cool. Viva to the people. Yeah, viva <laughs> to the people. Okay. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. for listening. Bye-bye.